Well, we do training every single day. And uh, so I think sometimes myself or the management team, you know, are uh, spent uh, the half hour before, the day before, thinking about what we're going to talk about. When you're doing it every day, you you start repeating some of the same things. So this gives you an endless amount of uh, information and various topics that you can uh, present in short snippets, whether it be five minutes or 20 minutes. Um, the platform itself, is, as far as the sales rep, is very user-friendly. Um, so that helps. It, it's simple, short, and sweet. Um, in the car business, unless you're a new hire trainee, uh, you don't have a lot of free time in your day. But we have a process where we get somebody to log in every day and get at least one class done. I think one of the biggest immediate hacks is with our new hires, the way our industry is set up right now, um, it's too much of a sink or swim kind of mentality. And I think we lose a lot of good people with that mentality. And the problem is not people knowing or not having the amount of knowledge to share. It's we, we live in a fast-paced environment now, so sometimes it's being able to block out the time to share that knowledge. It's vibrant, it's refreshing, it's quality content. It's like no other training platform that is out there. It is the best in the business from my personal experience and it's just not one person speaking it's multiple people and you guys need to check it out i mean there is something for everybody in this learning platform for people that are in the service drive for people that are in finance bdc uh for us veterans that have been in the program for a while um, also for people that are new, I will tell you what, if you're a veteran, you still need to go check out the new hire program. It's, it's quality content. It's like no other. We're starting with day shot, but of course you guys already knew that because our mics were hot. So, <laughs> right. Oh, they could hear you. They could just hear us. Okay. Well, you know, but, but here's the thing. Your voice carries. So the reality yes. is his voice probably carries. Okay. Slightly. Yeah. Okay. So you're right. But what happens is the audience mm. can't hear it. Behind the scenes, they can hear it. Dude, hot. man, I asked you if the audience could hear it. You said yes. No, that's what, no. that's what a hot that's mic hot means. means. What, what's, oh, what do you okay. mean? What's hot? Like the three people that are... All right, hey guys, welcome to Auto Dealer Live. Well, you just got wow. brought into a, a behind-the-scenes <laughs> argument between between me and Lou. And on a side note, there Pretty will be a new show stuff. starting, and we need a producer. But for what, wink, oh, wink, nudge, okay. nudge. But what? Wait, well, what would Auto Dealer Live be like if we didn't start the show with discombobulation? That's Come a good on, word. That's, that's a word right there. That's the word of the day. Discombobulation, right? Discombobulated. Yeah. Hey, I'm Dave Villa. I'm here with Chris Fritcher. What's up, Chris? What's going on? How you doing, man? I'm. I'm great. How are you? You ready for today's show? Um, yeah. How about ready you? I'm here with Dave Cribs and Joe Calla. You guys ready? Yep. Heck yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Tell us how ready you are. <laughs> so ready. <laughs> They're so ready. Their shirts are tight. Look, they got matching shirts. <laughs> they got matching <laughs> tight oh, shirts. Dang. It's like, hey, Joe, Batman or Robin over there? Which one of y'all Batman? I got Spider-Man. <laughs> This is like a this is like a football game or basketball game. We're long sleeves, they're short sleeves. Instead of shirts and skins, it's long sleeves and short sleeves. Right. I, I was gonna wear my you know Elise Cuphart V neck uh, right. today, but uh, by the know, way, that was a women's t-shirt. Okay, what t-shirt? I didn't see this women's t-shirt that Luke keeps talking about. What's up with that? <sighs> Look, Elise Kephart gave out at Internet Battle Plan. She gave out some of her new logo shirts. And nice there shirt. were there were v, there were today. there were V-necks and they were uh, whatever these are called. What are these crew crew necks? Crew neck crew necks, right? Crew -necks. But I happen to like V-necks, oh, so don't. I picked up a V-neck and put it on. And rumor has it, it might have been for just for the ladies. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that could have been because your stomach was showing. I don't know. <laughs> My stomach. That would have, that would have been. That yeah. might not have been the V-neck. That might have been the fact that it was like a halter top. <laughs> it's a they call them a crop top. <laughs> Crop crop I don't think anyone had an issue with my stomach showing. It was the piercings that they, they, 
Chris, Chris, back tattoo. What does this have to do with automotive? Nothing at all, by the way. But hey, you know what? The reality is, you know, Lee's Cat Park. Basically, Cribs was wearing an Lee's Cat Park sports bra yesterday, <laughs> right? And uh, that's what he was saying, right? That's basically uh, what you're saying. Uh, you know, hey. And so, what, what are we going to do on the weekends? Is up to me. <laughs> so, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about internet, right? Internet. We're going to talk about BDC. And uh, Joe, you know, really, I'm going to lean on you a little bit um, for this topic. We got some great guests on. We have the uh, internet sales manager, um, Nick. Sarami uh, at Headquarter Honda in nice. Claremont, and we also have uh, she's she's already she's not going to say anything, but she's uh, his boss, the Internet Director uh, Alex Rodriguez is uh, with him. I think she's loading his lip. I'm not really sure mm. if she's telling him what to say, but he's basically going to be talking. And we have Frank J. Lopes, oh, yeah. the one and only Vice President at Epi Digital is going to be on. Then we have Ryan D- Dunstan. Internet sales manager John Bleakley Ford, and then Pat O'Brien, no stranger to the show, uh, director of sales and marketing at Shea Auto Group. But here's the reality: we know not only is he director of sales and marketing cribs, but we know him from the his incredible ability to spin paper, and he's a, and one of the best subprime guys I've ever met. But um, we're talking about internet, we're talking about BDC, we're talking about things, Joe, that are right up your alley, and um, kind of piggybacking on what you closed the internet battle plan on, man. Why don't you just um, why don't you just maybe Give us a little bit of that and kind of set the tone for the show. Well, I think especially, you know, the world that we live in today in the automotive industry, when it comes to BDC, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the new term, you know, business development. And and my whole thing is when I come to stores, I'm starting to begin to see stores and owners and and the way that they're approaching business development is not just becoming a center, but it's an actual mentality and it's a dealership. So... My friend Anthony Alagona says business development is a mentality or a mindset. And I believe that too because it's all about now just creating business development, not only in a center with your BDR reps, but I would say whenever I, I was at, at um, Furman Chevy uh, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and I did the sales meeting with his, with his team and I told his salespeople, I said, everybody say this after me. I am a BDR because every single salesperson is a business development representative. And so the goal, I believe, nowadays is to take not just what's going on on the inside of a business development center and just use it in there, but now use those same standards and use the same measurement that you hold that center or that department to and now put it onto your floor. Let your salespeople now start thinking like that as well. Mm -hmm. And then also move it into your fixed ops. Start dealing with your, your service BDC, getting people to engage in that as well with not only just handling the inbound calls, but also the online appointments and also revenue generating outbound calls into the fixed operations as well. So I think it's just a great, it's a great uh, conversation that we can have here. Yeah, and you know, Cribs, we talk about this a lot, man. Um, we have talked about this a lot, but I don't think we can ever get away from, um, you know, really looking at, and this is just maybe, maybe this is just stuck in my crawl, man. You know, I said this a little bit in my, you know, my, I know you weren't there, but Joe, you were there when I did my keynote at the battle plan and I kind of got a little bit into the cradle to grave versus not. And, you know, you and I talked about this as well, because I know some of the areas you've come from, um, you know, think, think differently. But I guess what I look at is, I mean, to, to, to me, it's always fascinating to me. Like, I mean, I get the whole, I get the issue or the challenge because the car business it's, it's all about transition. And so if you're healthy or if you're successful or if you need to, you're making money and you need to continue to make money, you know, you, you're, you're hesitant to change. It's like turning the Titanic, so to speak. 
cribs, you know, but it's, it's, you know, even if you want to change, you've got people that are maybe sacred cows or doing certain things within a dealership. And then you almost omit them from the practice of the internet, the BDC, but then anyone you bring in new, you kind of implement them into this process. And I've always wondered, I've always, I, I, you know, never understood, I guess I should say, like what the difference is, right? I mean, today, a lot of customers, most customers, almost all customers, me included, anyone is going to search online to see what's available. And that, that in fact makes them an internet customer, even if they come onto the lot. And so my, my question has always been, if, if I am the internet salesperson and I handle that person, you know, prior to coming in, you know, don't I, and shouldn't I get a crack at them and shouldn't I be able to see the deal all the way through maybe when they come in, like, what's the difference? Why can't I get up? Am I that much, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's always been an issue to me. You know, I've said it this way. My guys are inside sales here. If a dealer walked into my office, you know, I mean, they're not too shy to shake their hand and go, Hey, I am David. How are you? I actually am a human that's, you know, that can talk to you in person as well. Right. I'm not going to go, Hey, would you mind going to the other room, getting on the phone with me? So I feel more comfortable. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that I, 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 maybe I'm, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but that just has always stuck to me. There's well, something about that. That's why this is a great topic because you know, it's a, it's a process decision, mm-hmm. you know, for each dealer as to what that might look like. And everyone does have a little bit different take on it. And, you know, that's one of the things that I wanted to, to get into today also was how should a dealer really look at their BDC department, internet department? And should they think of it as, you know, um, should there be more separation? Should there be more integration with, you know, the normal front end retail sales? Um, and also, I like to think of it as a location, like you have a second location, you know what I mean? It could be even a primary, you could argue it's a primary location, but I'm talking about the online presence, the website, the the systems that the leads come in on, that's in itself a location to me. I mean, we talk about the internet being the new showroom, right? So I think you have to think about it like that and begin to look at it just like you're, you know, our, it's funny because the the sexy part of the dealership has always been, or the, the more glamorous part has been the front end of the store. Would you agree? Yeah. So that's where we argue that the talent is and stuff like that. But the, that pendulum is really swinging. And I think dealers are trying to figure out, you know, where to prioritize certain things. And I think between Nick, Frank, Ryan, and Patrick, oh, yeah. uh, we'll definitely get some input there. What do you think, Chris? Um, <laughs> I, I love how you do that. You distract me. Well, and I'm mean, like, so Chris, your thoughts on, yeah. on, thoughts what, on what, what David Krebs just, just spoke about, but you didn't hear a single word he said. Yeah, I'm talking so, to hey, Look, and Lou left the room, the producer. So right now, we hey, can't Krebs, go to commercial. Yeah, no, no, he's not even, it's, the camera's not on us. We're like, we're talking. Oh. Krebs, why don't you talk for a second since the camera's on you because Lou left the room. Sure. <laughs> I'll be happy to do right, that. Yeah, look, you know look, look, Lou flipped it back to me. It's okay. Uh, today, go ahead. make sure you share the show. All right, here Because we're giving away... 50, we'll give a bunch 50 of stuff. and a hundo. Okay. And, and 50 so, and a hundo. I, okay. Hey, those increments. Cribs. And I'm going to give away these. I'm going to give away... I'm going to give away my, my uh, first book that I wrote in uh, October 2017. It released. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Leader B Lunch. I've only got a handful of these left in the office. Um, you know, you can get them there, but if you want it signed, you got to get it here. We're going to give this to you as well. It's uh, Leader B Lunch. And then I'm also going to give away... Joe, we were just talking about this yesterday, man. Yes. Um, this, is, these, this is a serious limited edition because there's only about 10 of these left here, and there will never be any more because we ordered them the wrong size. 
Like this is not, this is like a Bible. Like it's like, it's like, it's actually like one of those white Bibles that you used to have on the table, like a big one. Like it's, it's, it's not supposed to be this big and it cost me more than you can sell it for. It cost me like $35 because we ordered the wrong sizes. And um, yeah, there's only 30, what? $34 of content in there. Oh, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, well, you said it cost more than it is. So. Meaning it cost me, the book cost me more than you. I mean, in other words, you can't sell a book. Right, for, right. You know. I get it. So you, I'm going to give this away and I'm going to sign both of them. This is Sales Pros Get Paid. Amateurs don't. These are both available on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Powell Books. But I'm going to give them to you today. Plus what, Chris? Awesome books. We're giving away a total of $200 today, but we're going to give it away in 50 50 and 100 increments. So what do they got to do? So two $50 bills and a hundo. Uh, all you got to do is share the show. That's all you have to do. Share, share, get your name put in the uh, – the bowl, and at the end, we're going to pull names. That's right. Awesome. So we got two books and some money. Break. We're not going to break, man. We're just going straight to loose and go break. straight to guest. Let's let's do it. Lose awake now, so we can do that. All right, you guys are tired of hearing us. Cribs, when you want to bring them on, baby? Yeah. Let's bring on the guest. We've got uh, Nick Cerami. I hope I s- said that right. Cerami, uh, Internet yeah, Sales yeah. Manager at Headquarters. Yeah. Honda, we've got Frank Lopes, Vice President of uh, – FB Digital. We've got Ryan Duck Dunstan, Internet Sales Manager at John Bleaky Ford. We got Patrick O'Brien, Director of Sales and Marketing at Shaw Auto Group. And I'll start with Patrick. Patrick, uh, wel- welcome back to the show. Welcome to, to everyone to the show. But uh, Patrick, let's jump in and uh, let's talk about what a dealer, how a dealer should view the internet and BDC department. You know, we've had the age-old uh, debate over cradle to grave or handoffs, things like that. But but overall, if I'm a dealer, how should I be looking at my internet and BDC departments? Should that be a separate space? What should the integration look like? You know, what, in your opinion, is the best sort of model and setup? Um, you know, first, let me just thank you guys for having me back on. I really do appreciate it. You guys are uh, always, I love what you guys do. Um, I want to congratulate everybody who uh, got a chance to go down to the internet battle plan, uh, those speakers and the uh, attendees. I heard the event was uh, sold out. It was an amazing event. Um, so going back to the question, you know, I, I think I think it should be as integrated as possible. Um, I've run DDC internet departments where we were stuffed away in the very back of the building. Uh, the internet manager had no say in how the deal would actually be worked once the customer was brought into the dealership. Uh, and, and in my opinion, I think that's a terrible way to do it uh, because me as the internet manager, my internet salespeople, they have their thumb on the pulse of that customer from the moment that they initially inquire at the dealership, right? The sales manager sitting on his chair that's afraid it's gonna float away if he gets out of it, he has no idea what's going on with that customer until the deal actually shows up at its desk. Because right. we all know that he's not really gonna get out of that chair and go down and start talking to the customers, most of them anyway. So I think, I think that a dealer should start looking at even a different model, right? If the customer comes in on an internet deal or an internet customer, I think the internet manager that guy, that woman, she should, he should have the first opportunity to put that deal together and try and see where they can take it, all right? When we do all this passing off, you know, passing it from here to there to there to there, the customer's now spoken to two or three or four people before they've even had a chance mm-hmm. to, to figure out if they're going to buy the car or not, right? So yeah. we need to stop passing people all around the building and getting them confused as to who they're actually supposed to be dealing with and who's going to be helping them out. Maybe what dealers should do 
Okay. And again, this may be a crazy idea, but maybe what dealers should start looking at is they should start treating their internet manager, their internet director, the same way they treat their sales manager and their general sales manager. Okay. Most of the time they get paid less. Most of the time they have less control. Most of the time they actually have more thumb on the pulse of the deal. Yeah. Before the customer shows up. And I think that we'll get a lot more production and I think we'll actually see higher numbers, higher grosses, better CSI scores once. We allow that manager and that team to do what they do best, and that's take that customer from, from the initial contact. When that opportunity comes in, the initial contact, and carry them all the way through the deal. That, in my opinion, is the best model to do it. Now, again, I've seen it at every different store as a different way of doing it, and I'm sure there are some that are successful in whatever model they have. But my opinion, I think the most successful model would be is allow that Internet manager, allow that Internet director, to grab that customer, work that deal, and try and make it happen. If they can't make it happen, then bring somebody else who maybe has a little bit more, uh, who's a little bit stronger putting a deal together, come in and get involved at that point. Um, I know Ryan Duck Dunstan, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the internet directors that are allowed, is allowed to actually work deals that are brought into his store yeah. from an internet opportunity. Yeah, um, and, and you know, Mr. Weekly, you know, right here in Atlanta, and he, he's been in business a long time, and he's been a very successful dealer for a long time. And I know he's willing to make these kind of adjustments to ensure that his dealership continues to go past the 50 years he's been in business now. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go to Ryan actually um, in in just in just a minute, but I, I want to go to uh, Frank first. And Frank, you know, you know, we we've, we've, you and I have talked, and it was a pleasure seeing you this past week as well. And I appreciate you being on. Um, you know, you and I've talked about this a lot um, in the past where, you know, where we, and we discussed, you know, friends of ours and people that we know and colleagues and how the opinions differ. But I mean, in 2019, I mean, we've come a long way. And so now it's not, you know, a couple of years ago, year and a half ago, we're talking about, you know, the, what the BDC looks like and is there a need for it and what do I need to do? But really now I think everyone's subscribed to the fact that they need someone, but the, but the reality is, um, you know, what does it need to, what does it need to look like? You know, what's the best model and how does the store, you know, how does the store maximize that? Because the reality is now the customer is coming through the internet. That's just the fact. And I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, name a person. I mean, my, you know, my, your, you know, someone's grandmother, someone's, you know, someone's great aunt. I mean, they're on the internet and people are going to look and, and shop that way. And they're going to come in through that way. So, Frank, what does it need to look like today? I guess, in your opinion, you know, consulting a dealership, what, what, what is it? What is their internet department? You know, what, what's the foundation? I should say, or uh, the um, the non-negotiables or the core values in an internet department in 2019 moving forward need to be? Because I still think that even though a dealer knows I need to, it's not they don't know what they need to do. They just know they need to. And so Frank, I'm going to give you the floor, man, and maybe you can bring some uh, insight to this. Yeah, well, David, you're, look, you're you couldn't be any more right with what you just said. You know, 97% of 97% uh, of people visit the dealership's website before they actually come in. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I think the 97% number is low. 
you know, I think we're talking more in the, more in that 100% range. So if you have basically everybody visiting the dealership's website beforehand and you have about 50% of the people contacting the dealership in one way or another before they actually come in, I think we have to go even one step further back onto what it's going to look like. I think we have to look at the fact that if we don't have complete integration between marketing message, between marketing placement, making sure that all of that um, leads to, you know, leads to incoming traffic into the website. And then that we have that we have training and that we have process. When I say training, I'm not talking about hiring a trainer, nothing against any of them. I'm talking about having it so that our BDC people and our salespeople are trained on what our marketing message is. Mm-hmm. And the fact of what the customer's expectation is after absorbing and digesting that message and actually reaching out to the dealership. You know, I mean, like I said, we have to reverse engineer this all the way back to that because if we don't have that in place, we're going to fail more than 50% of the time when it does come in, regardless of whatever type of situation we have, whether we have BDCs setting appointments or we have BDCs gathering information and handing leads off to salespeople, or if we have cradle-to-grave internet departments. I mean, if you don't have that type of integration and that type of communication internally beforehand, and if whoever it is that's handling those incoming leads or whoever it is that's handling those incoming phone calls isn't in tune and has and doesn't have empathy for what the customer is expecting based on the messages they just saw guys i mean what's ladies and gentlemen what's the point that's good right thank you frank what do you think joe so well you know i was just saying we were just looking here we see some some comments brad wise put the leads we can't see and that's one of the big things that he's dealing with you talk about all the time though all all the time that's his that's his theme Mm -hmm. he wants to focus on the leads he can't see in other words, looking at what's coming in and all the stuff that has to happen behind the scenes to get those leads to show up. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I think one of the things that I've been seeing, too, is is we're seeing that a lot of dealerships are, are, are setting up BDCs, then they're dismantling them. They're going to the Internet, you know, cradle to graves, then they're dismantling them. And they're not sure which way to go. And it's like they try it, and then they pull it back, and then they try it. And then what I'm seeing is now – I'm starting to see a little bit more of a um, kind of a, a hybrid, they call it, the, uh, the hybrid of where the BDC and the, the internet sales are working together. Mm-hmm. And I have my thoughts about it, but I'd like to get to, um, uh, I believe, Nick uh, Sarami. We haven't heard from him yet on this, yeah. but I'd like to get hit some thoughts about what he's doing over there as well. Okay, guys. So I uh, just want to thank all of you guys for having me on the show. Um, as Joe Callis said, when we are at Internet Battle Plan, it's all about building relationships. Whether it's with the customers, salespeople, staff, everybody you work with, it's all about building relationships. Over here at Headquarter Honda, uh, we don't have Cradle to Grave. We do a turnover. But if we see that if you do a correct turnover where the customer feels comfortable, it benefits everybody together. Mm-hmm. So we're introducing them to the salesperson to have them feel just as comfortable as when they were talking to us. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, you're here on a Honda Civic LX, and, uh, you know, Ruben knows the whole story. He's going to take you out for a test drive, show you all the features. And if you have any questions, let us know. I think that, again, what Joe Callis said about relationships is the key to the whole thing. That's great. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. That's I agree good. with Joe Callis. <laughs> you agree with Joe Cal is a smart dude. I, you, I agree with Joe Cal also. Yes, right. <laughs> well, you Chris, do you agree with Joe Cal? Um, sure. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, no, you don't. Is that is that the no, no, question mark? I'm in a little hesitation no, there, man. Don't be a yes man. No, it's not. It's not. I don't, I don't disagree with you. It's. I get a lot of um, as I listen to this. <clears throat> there's a lot of things running through my head, so I don't. I don't di- necessarily disagree with him at all. I, right. I I like what Frank. You just Lopes, don't agree with him. No, it's. Not, stop trying to start like a controversy here. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what you're saying, man. I'm just. I'm. Yeah, I agree with him. I'm. The other things that are going through my head is what Frank Lopes had said about mm-hmm. having a um, communi- communication of you know what the marketing plan is outside of what the the customer sees and when they come in how to communicate that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty interesting aspect of this whole conversation because you know lots of times one side of the building doesn't know what the other side's doing, mm-hmm. and it's it's it definitely creates instant friction amongst the sales staff and with the customer so i agree True. so so Lou, go back to the comments real quick I, that's a good point and so you so i can't figure out if you agree or disagree with joe but i understand everything else you said hey andrew breed love that's a cool name man breed love right i mean that's i mean that's a cool name i mean you can't make that up breed love andrew breed love like said we show our dealers and i'll go to you on this uh ryan and of course ryan ryan uh, uh dunston internet sales manager at john bleakley ford ryan you're you're a beast man um, I, you know, I love you to death, man. Uh, but I want to ask, so you, I'll let you comment on anything you want. It was a pleasure meeting you, man, in, in uh, uh, the Internet Battle Plan as well. But Andrew Breedlove said, we show our dealers how to take a marketing plan slash process and make sure everyone can see it rather on the lot, on the phone, or on the Internet. And so he's, I mean, Andrew's kind of commenting there. He's, you know, he's, he's. You know, and then Jason Gardner said this. And I'm going to let you kind of comment on either one. He said the CRM is the problem. So I'll let you kind of just, you know, these are what what are huh? these are some some. That's a good point too. To I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, these are these are comments that are coming in, and I want to get our listeners involved. And, and Ryan, man, you've heard the conversation so far. You know, um, I know you have a little bit of a different process over there. Why don't you weigh in on on this and maybe uh-huh. even on some of the comments? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And thanks for having me, and thanks for the compliments. I think uh, what Andrew has said is kind of similar to what Frank said. If the team as a whole, if, if the dealership doesn't know the the dealer's marketing strategy or the marketing and internet process, mm-hmm. it's it's bound to end up in chaos. Um, and I have an example that I, I worked with the team that the the internet department simply wasn't on the same page as the sales. The sales wasn't on the same page. They didn't even understand how they got paid on an internet deal. So that could be a huge, huge um, disconnect or miscommunication that has to be tackled up front. And I think it's more so of all the sales managers, all the internet managers, it's their job. Um, Cause if you don't have a clear process, you just, you're, you're, you're bound to fail. Um, mentioning another thing coming from the internet management side now for two different dealer groups. I, I truly believe, you know, the blunt work and the, uh, the blunt responsibility does follow on management on the whole and the internet manager that's given that opportunity to work within that store. Um, you gotta lead and you gotta lead by example. Mm. You have to be qualified. Patrick mentioned something, um, you know, with, with the internet managers not, and a lot of stores not having the, the empowerment to, to work the deal the way that they should. And that thing that normally I would say, I, w- I would cite anything internet, but I also see a lot of internet managers that might've gotten that job um, maybe a little, prematurely a lot of internet managers were successful bdc agents um but they didn't have time on the sales desk or they didn't have time in finance and then what do you say as a dealer you were wondering why dealers and principals and gsms and gms are are a little 
nervous about giving that kind of control for internet sales manager. It's back of the head, they know the person's just not equipped. Um, so I, I don't have that issue, but I've been blessed enough to be equipped in this business. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it's scary. It's it's real scary because Patrick hit the nail on the head. The internet department is, is the, it catches the pulse, and they should own those opportunities, and they they should own them until, like Nick mentioned, until the customer arrives in the showroom and then do just like Nick said and, and do a smooth, controlled, intentional turnover, intentional turnover, and it works out for everybody, everybody. It's good, man. But everybody's got to be on the same page, same sheet of music. Thank you. I appreciate that, Ryan. So, so I'm going to ask Joe real quick. You know, what are – you kind of held back on what you thought your – your opinion was on the on the model that you would like to see in a store so why don't you share that well i think first off what um uh, what ryan was just talking about with the turnover i think that's key mm -hmm. that was one of the things we focused on is the turnover when the customer gets to the showroom like how do we handle that customer so many yeah. times the customers presented this vip experience and then they walk into an experience that's mm -hmm. completely disjointed and they don't they don't even know the salesperson's like Oh, you're here to see so and so. Well, they don't even. They're not. They're not a salesperson. Don't worry about it. And there's that disconnect. I'll take care. I'll, I'll take care yeah. of you. It's not a big deal. And th this is the VIP experience. Yeah. So, so I think the or, turnover. And and I'm thinking even in the handoff, even in the handoff, how can you? You know, you you have to think. You know, if if the internet person or the the BD, the you know the BDR actually nailed down that appointment right. and walked through a conversation that was compelling enough to have that customer show up. Yep then there's some things that occurred there. Now they walk in and even with a maybe a smooth greeting or handoff, there's you're, the person who's receiving that, the salesperson, I don't believe number one is going to have all of the intel because if they're missing any piece of the puzzle in that handoff, then it doesn't make the dealership look good. It doesn't give the customer a warm and fuzzy when they have to say, well, I told you know Susan earlier that you know blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so, Let's go back to Nick real quick. Nick, you have that model, and you know you talked about that handoff. How do you keep that handoff smooth? Mm -hmm. And also, the customer who maybe hit it off with the rep now has to also jive personality-wise with the salesperson. So, 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 so talk about that for a moment, Nick. Yeah, totally. Um, so how we do it is whatever salesperson um, ups the customer, brings, uh, comes back to the BDC, and basically tells us who's here. From then, we then print out the lead and tell them word for word what they're looking for and what we have talked about. So we're trying to build everything, everything together so there's no steps missed. Mm -hmm. After that, then we get, go out to the customer and we greet them and we do the, the smooth handover. Now, how that works is, again, you introduce the customer to the salesperson. He's already have your file. He knows everything about you know, what you're looking for, you know, miles on the lease, et cetera. And then we offer them some drinks of their choice and um, hand it right over to the, the sales shop. Okay. And we so, also inform the desk every time that the customer is here right. from an internet lead. You know, I got my I got my car serviced a, a couple of weeks ago, and one of the cool things I, I saw in the showroom was they had a screen, and it was welcoming their appointments. Mm -hmm. And so they were up. But the other thing that they did, too, and I can only assume it was the uh, BDC that set the appointment originally, mm -hmm. was they had their file already sitting there. So when they came in, I saw the, the greeter greet them and then walk them over, and the salesperson came over, grabbed their file, and just 
it was like there was no hesitation. Mm -hmm. There was no um, guessing. It was it was a, a very smooth handoff. Sure. So um, I thought that was pretty cool way of handling it. In in they didn't have any uh, from what I saw any connection with the actual um, BDC person once they entered the the store. But I thought it was a cool way of handing off and in smooth transition yeah mm -hmm. well, well let me speak to that real quick because uh, is there and again somebody whoever wants to jump in on this they well, can do this wait a minute before you do that i just want to say you have another five or six minutes to share the show to make sure you get your uh, name in for uh the hundred dollars and the two fifty dollar bills and then the two books that we are giving away that you can't see right now but anyway and so, before, wait, before that, that comment that, that you want to read, that's really good before it gets into Which one are you talking about? The, the, yeah, that one. The Gurdon? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I liked Sorry. it. I, I was like, go scroll down, scroll back down for a second. You, it went up. I just wanted to read this because Jason Gurdon said something. I yeah. want to ask frank this i'm sorry joe i just wanted to get this out before it gets because it keeps going or scrolling up jason said something frank a minute ago he said we keep cracking whips on people and it's not the people it's the tools they use and again, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I'm just asking your opinion. He said 100% it's the tools, not the people. Most BDC people and internet salespeople work long hours and work hard. They're just limited in their ability to follow up quickly. More automation needs to be used. It's like trying to blow up a balloon with a hole in it. I mean, and so, I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, Frank, is it, is, it, is it training? Is it the people? Is it the leadership? Is it the tools? I mean, is it a combination? Is there, is it, does it lean to one side versus the other? I know that everyone has an opinion, and yours is going to be just that as well, but what's your opinion? I mean, it, it's, you know, do we have a lot? Do most dealers have the right tools or wrong people, or do they have the right tool or wrong people and the right tools? And what Jason's saying over there, you know, um, everybody hold on to their seats. I'm going to agree with Jason. I'm going to say, yeah, to a certain point, to a certain point, he is right. You know, the, the people, and I've said this for years and years and years, the, the people in the BDC are always treated like the, anybody who's adopted, hold their ears, the redheaded stepchild of the family that gets, you know, get the, get, that gets to live underneath the steps like Harry Potter or that gets to, um, you know, beg for food like Oliver Twist or, you know, or whatever analogy you want to use. You know, they have the longest hours. They have the, the least amount of monetary um, – what I'm looking for, of, um, of monetary uh, rejoicement or reward for their efforts. I mean, you know, somebody shows up, they get 15 bucks or 20 bucks. I mean, you know, come on now. So it, without a doubt, we do put a lot of pressure on them and we do beat them up and everything. Uh, but I think a lot of that automation, yeah, there's certainly, there's a certain point of that where we can, where the volume of leads and things like that, the more that we can automate, the better that it could be. But at the same time, you still do, it does have to come down to a person to person, um, a person to person transaction and a person to person relationship that has to be built there before somebody's going to just come in and hand over forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to you. No one's going to do that to a bot or to a, uh, to an automated response. I mean, you're going to have to actually hear the tone of somebody's voice and look in somebody's eyes and see if you trust that person to, to conduct that transaction or not. But Excuse let's me. rewind one more point back. The, the, you know, a lot of the reasons why 
we come down to this point of where the the BDC people get, so to say, beat up or everything is their fault and everything, rewind all the way back to what we were saying about the BDC managers, about a lot of times we just take the person who was the best BDR and move them into the BDC manager position without any consideration whatsoever for the fact that that person is actually a manager or not. Mm-hmm. And, and do we have a process in place and do we have items in place already to assist and to help those BDRs to give them every single advantage they can possibly get to be successful in setting their appointment? Or do we just set them out or do we just tell them, hey, call everybody that's in the, you know, that's in the CRM today? It's good. It's yeah. good. Thank you, Frank. I, that's great. Great comments, man. I, yeah, and I like that. You know, you, 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 you tackled it all. Yeah. No, I wanted to go back to the, the actual setting of the appointment. And that's one of, one of the things I'm noticing here that we're talking about is that when they're saying they're coming in and like you were saying, they'd walk in and there's a file there already. You know, I've heard, and again, I know how I ran it. I, we would have our people who are in BDC setting it up where they'd ask for a manager when they came in so that when, and then they would know that that's who they're asking for. And they know that they weren't working with the BDC rep. They knew all this before they came in. We're setting proper expectations mm-hmm. and we're laying it out properly. But um, in other words, we were setting it up to where they were asking for a manager before they came in. And I understand sometimes they'll just show up, but in the, in the times that we set the appointments, we, we would know that they're coming in, we'd have that ready, we'd go over with the manager, and then it was the manager's responsibility to make an introduction. It's that first TO, that introduction, that soft touch from the manager already. And then from there, they would then choose the salesperson, probably beforehand or whoever's available at the time, but mostly beforehand to try and make sure that they're connected with the right person. I'd like to hear some of the thoughts about That's setting good. the appointment. Are they asking for people? Are they walking in, just getting whoever ups them? So, Patrick, can you speak to that? Yeah, actually, I had um, I had a way that I actually really liked doing this. Um, what I had, you know, I had BDRs. They would obviously, they're setting the appointments. And then what I would actually have, uh, I would have the salesperson now, whoever's up in that rotation, whoever's going to be getting that appointment, I would have the salesperson actually call that customer, introduce themselves, let them know that they're going to be the one that's going to be assisting them once they get to the store. Mm-hmm. Ask them, hey, are you coming in by yourself? Are you bringing people with you? Is there anything I can have ready for you when you do arrive? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I would always make sure that the salesperson was known prior to the customer coming in because they're typically not the one that was setting the appointment. So when the customer now is getting the phone call, hey, and by the way, if you have any questions before, you know, from when we hang up now until when you arrive here at the dealership showroom, I'm going to be the one that's going to help you through this process. I'm going to be the one that's going to make sure that you have a wonderful experience. I'm going to be the one that ensures the vehicle that you're looking for is clean, it's got gas, and it's sitting out front waiting for you when you arrive. So I had a bit, I haven't seen very many different dealerships that actually have done this, but I used to have my sales rep after the appointment was set within 30, 45 minutes. If we had if we had them opted in for text, then I would just have the salesperson text them because not everybody wants to get blown up on the phone calls all the time. But I, I would absolutely have the salesperson reach out to that customer and and just introduce themselves. Let them know that they're there. Let them know who they're going to be working with. Let them know that that's the person that's going to take them from the moment they arrive at the dealership all the way to the end. And that's how I preferred it. Um, because again, if you're at a high volume store and you know, you, you, let's say you only have five or six sales managers, not everybody's going to be able to get up and go and introduce themselves and say hello to every single customer that walks in, especially if you've got 40, 50 appointments on a Saturday. All right. That's a great idea. And it's a great philosophy, but it, it, it 
it has to actually work within the model of, of the dealership. And I've seen some high volume stores where you can't get a manager off the desk a lot of times other than maybe for a CEO, not because they just don't want to, but because they're actually busy working car deals. So I always had the salesperson actually reach out and then just introduce themselves and let the customer know. And start building that rapport, obviously, uh, with the customer before they arrive at the dealership. So it's not this fresh face that they're never, they've never heard of, they've never spoken to. Hey, gentlemen, may I add something? Yeah, please. It, it, what Patrick said is 100% right. I mean, think about it. Look, I, I, once again, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again because it goes right in the line over here. You know, the more we can do to make the customers have that warm and fuzzy feeling, the more that we can do to have the, the, the customers have that feeling that they're coming in to see their guy. They're coming in to see the guy that they talked to on the phone who gave them the price and who set everything up and who said the car was going to be ready. And the, the more that we can do to get rid of all of the – old-fashioned car dealer shyster type of stereotypes that are all stuck to us like a scarlet letter that we were all born you know that we were all born with the day that we started in the car business the more that we can do to get rid of that the better it's going to be and the better these appointment show closing percentages you know the amount of people that we actually close a deal on when they show up for an appointment the more that percentage is going to go up and up and up and if it means and if it means things like having the salesperson call and say, "Hey, I got the car outside for you. It's all cleaned up. It's all ready." They snap a quick picture, text a picture of the car sitting outside with the tag with the customer's name in it. Says, "I'm waiting for Mr. Jones," you know, or whatever it is. I got your cold water ready. Whatever it doesn't matter. The more the communication like that, the more warm and fuzzy trust building. You know, communication we can have, the better it's the better it's going to be. And if it means that every manager is busy and we have to hire a greeter for Saturdays part time, you know, if we have to whatever it is that we got to do to get that up, if it means two, three more car deals on a Saturday, man, who, who cares? Right? Yeah. And and you know, and to take it one step further, you know, let's say, hey, even if the salesperson you don't want to have them call, once they set the appointment, why not have the salesperson grab their cell phone, grab that telephone number of that from that customer? Shoot him a quick video in front of the car. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, my name's Patrick O'Brien. I'm going to be the sales associate that's going to help you uh, once you arrive here at the dealership. I just wanted to send you this quick video, put a face to the name, put a voice to the name, and I look forward to seeing you Saturday at 3.15 p.m. By the way, if you have any questions in the meantime, here's my cell phone number. You can reach out to me directly. I mean, let's, let's add a little bit of personal touch. If you want to use a video email to do that, fine. But yeah. let's add a little bit of personal touch from the person that's actually going to be helping them when they arrive, and it's not a surprise for them. Good and I know there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people listening and watching right now. They're like, "Oh man, I ain't got no time to do that. I can't right. be sending out video. I got no time for that." gentlemen, it means work. Yes, it means work. It means you're going to have to work. It means you're going to have to put in a little bit extra. Or you can be just like everybody else, set the appointment, say, yeah, sure, I'll see you at 3.15, and then wonder at 4 o'clock why the guy didn't show. Right. It's good, hey, man. So good. so questions for Nick, and then I'll have Ryan answer this too. You guys are both Internet sales managers. So, Nick, I'll pose the question to you first, and then we'll move right to Ryan. But, you know, first of all, are you empowered to work a deal? Are you empowered to work a deal as an Internet sales manager there? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I have my director that we uh, forward all the uh, the pricing information and stuff to to get pricing. Okay. Um, we can do some counseling work with the, the deals. Are you referring to actually working the customer? Yes, and, and, and I'll even kind of expand upon that real quickly. But so 
it, it, I understand that oftentimes you're not. So that was the question one. Question two would be, do you feel you would be more successful if you were empowered to work a deal from start to I think finish? It's, I think it's boss, by the full disclosure. I think it's boss I, on the phone I, with I know, I know, and I know this gets a little tricky. I'm just um, saying, like, he's like, yeah, you know, I think, I think basically I'm better than she is, you know what I mean? No, 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 I'm no. honest with you. No, I mean, but, like, no, but from I the can, standpoint, you know, I mean, from the, and let me, let me clarify, let me clarify to make it easier for everyone to answer and participate in because the, the, the really, the real question is, you know, do you feel like you've been in a position where you are obviously you're the first point of contact, you build a rapport with a client, do you feel you may have had a better shot of working a deal? Because oftentimes it gets kicked off in the right direction and all of a sudden you're asking, hey, what happened to Mr. Smith here? I thought it was we were all good to go, man. I could have shut that down. So I'll, I'll go back yeah. to you on that question, Nick. Yeah, you're absolutely tread, right. Tread lightly, I mean, Nick. A lot of time. A lot of times when the customer comes in, and I've had that rapport, um, you know, there's plenty of times where it's, it just doesn't it doesn't mix with the, 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 the salesperson. So yes, a lot of some of the times, you know, that happens. But then, you know, I like this um, the way that we do it here because it gives us more chances for more opportunities on leads and to work the leads and get people in and set the appointments. Um, but again, it does happen where you know you kick it off, everything goes great. And they come in, and then it just falls apart because either you know they didn't like the salesperson, the numbers weren't whatever it is. Yeah, well, but I can, do agree. With that. You can make the argument that you had the same uh, the same scenario, except when it goes into F and I. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I mean, absolutely. How many times? How many times has the salesperson had great rapport and everything looked good, and all of a sudden you see yeah, the customers yeah. storming out of F and I? I mean, I, th I think I'm going back to sort of like, the general. You F and I manager, we'll, that happened we'll a lot. Let, uh, <laughs> We'll yeah, let Ryan the file flew right behind yeah. them too. Well, Chris was F and I manager. It happened a lot. It would come out of his office right. like crazy. Left so right. we'll give Ryan a shot That's on true. that question as Thank well. Um, but but I think what I'm kind of going after here is the fact that you know Frank brought it up earlier as well. We even kind of introduced or opened the show with this idea of uh, I mentioned that you know are we looking at it like a second location, like a real store um, with our internet department? So. Um, Let's let's take a look at that, Brian. What what were your thoughts on that? Sure. Well, that, yeah, it's a phenomenal question. Something I'm very passionate about: working the deal and in, in the position of it as an internet manager. So, to give you a little history, I started out as an internet agent, and after a year or so, I went to the sales floor and knocked it out the park and was promoted as uh, promoted into the internet management position. Now, with that, I was with that store for six years, five and a half, six years. So I've learned and they taught me how to structure a deal and the six years I was there, how to submit a deal and how not to submit a deal. So I was empowered when given a position to do it cradle to grade. Mm. You know, if I saw that the deal was going awry with the salesperson after they got, I mean, I was stuck to it like glue. <clears throat> Anything I spend my time on, it can't fall apart. I just, I can't let it happen. So I'm the guy that would, as a salesperson, I bugged my, my sales manager to help me get to my deal. I, as an internet agent, I bugged the salesperson to help me get to the deal. As an internet manager, I, I bug everybody in the building, my finance managers. Um, anybody that has anything to do with my customers' uh, um, feelings or, or buying habits or breaking my buyer's habits, I, I'm involved. So a funny story is after six years, I made a change and, and moved with John Bleakley. Um, same market, same street. They followed me, but they didn't truly know me. After about a week and a half at the deal, two weeks at the dealership, I was used to getting all kind of crazy Patrick O'Brien deals done. And now I'm at a store that I don't know if they're capable or if they have the know-how 
or creativeness to get my kind of deals done. So I looked at a deal that did not get done. And for the first time, I never had experience with Route 1. I used to use Dealer Track to, to submit deals. And I'm, I'm not a, I've never been a finance manager. I haven't submitted 100 deals. I've submitted 50 in my life. But I saw a deal that did not – it was on the wrong car for the customer, for the for the credit. It was awful. And I remember I called my old GSM, and I told him about the situation I had. I said, I just can't – I don't know what to do about this. Do I storm in my GSM's office? Do I storm in a John's office? We're throwing away good opportunities. And he said, you know, Duck, you might have to just take that in your own hands. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you know what to do. You know what to do. So I went behind. The customer had already left the showroom because we couldn't get them approved. I punched the the information into Route 1, and I submitted to two banks, two approvals. And, I I, I mean, my chest was poked out. I said I did it. 45 minutes later, my subprime finance guy, he kind of he's a hybrid. He's a salesperson, but he does the, the, the subprime deals in our store. And he gets paid as a salesperson, not a finance manager. He comes to me, the new guy, a manager, his manager. And, I mean, he cursed. He talked down to me. He told me everything wrong about me. And two weeks of me working at the new store, this old man is yelling at me, calling me a POS and, and saying I had no right to do what I did. And, uh, you know, I, I, didn't store, I didn't yell or fuss back at him. I said, I'm sorry you feel that way, but those deals, those are contractable deals. And we need to get that customer back in here. Yeah, man. An hour later, I walked to my GSM's office and I said, Frank, I might have made a mistake. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, look, I, I was stalking this, this lead of mine that we got into the store. The thing fell apart. And if you look in Route 1, go ahead and look in Route 1. I sent this deal two places. And if you look at them, then tell me something I'm missing. But those look like contractable deals right there. He looked. He said, they absolutely are. And I said, so I know, I know you brought me in as an internet manager. I know you did that. And I know you trusted me to work your leads on the front end on, on online. I'm sorry for, for doing that without asking. And he said, when you want to submit, you submit. If you see the need to submit, you submit. So, but that's why I feel passionate about you have to have the qualification. And I, I wasn't even qualified. Yeah. And that's well, why I apologize. But you, but you have to have them to do it because if I mean if anybody you guys don't know me I got to show you what I can do. Yeah. And you know it's, it's funny, you know, and it's funny Ryan brings that up. It's funny Ryan brings that up. 2 weeks ago him and I were hanging out, you know, we live we live right around each other. We're hanging out and we we're actually having a, a direct conversation uh, uh about this particular moment and and it and, it, and like he said, you know, you have to know how to actually put the deal together. Obviously, not every Internet manager is, is capable of doing this because they don't have the experience of it. But, damn it, if you've got one back there or wherever you have them in your building that's capable of helping you put a contractable deal on the books that you know for a fact is going to get funded, that person should have an opportunity to take a swing at it. Period, point blank. Nobody's, and if your people are not empowered it. enough... You, and if nobody, if somebody in your internet department is not empowered enough to actually do that, I cast all of the general managers, general dealer principals, and general sales managers out there, start empowering somebody in that department to learn how to do that, to do that kind of, that kind of work. Because you are absolutely missing deals if you don't have somebody back there who has their thumb on the pulse of the deal from the moment it comes in. So the moment it hits, the, it, it starts burning gas. Start mm-hmm. empowering somebody in that department to help your front side department 
make those decisions and put those deals together. Well, you know what's well, funny? You got me fired up now, too, because I that thing used to drive me bananas. I yeah. guarantee you there's a yeah. hundred, maybe even thousands of stories like this because I got my first promotion oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. off the sales floor into finance because of what you just talked about. Yeah, and and, and guys, we're out of time. Yeah, absolutely, there are there are, and and we're and I, we're out of time. And I know we want to be cognizant of you guys in, in your time. I know you've given us a lot of it, but you know, really quick, let's just do this. I mean, um, we'll, we'll start with you, Nick, and just give a give us give a, give, give us uh, thirty sixty seconds of just some closing remarks here, and we'll go Nick, Frank, Ryan, and Pat. And uh, just go down the line. And we really appreciate you guys being on with us. I mean, this has been a great topic yes. and and a great discussion. And, and really, honestly, it's 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 kind of leaving us with, you know, the ability for more. But, uh, Nick, we'll start with you and go to Frank. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're the first point of contact with the face of the dealership. Like Frank said, 97% of us uh, or 97% of the customers are looking at the website prior to coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need to make everything an exceptional experience. You know, from before they come in to when they come in, you know, having a drink of their choice, pulling up the car, washing the car, having the sign up front, um, building that relationship, going back to Joe Cal, is probably one of the most important things online, what you can do. Uh, and making that smooth turnover, at least for us at Headquarter Honda, um, to pass it over to the salesperson and make that deal. Mm. Um, I think it's uh, really important. And the BDC, um, you know, they need more credit than the, what, they, what they get. Awesome. Thank you, Nick, man. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure meeting, meeting you this past week as well. And uh, Frank, man, let's go to you. I mean, look, brothers and sisters, this is all going to take work. That's the yeah. bottom line of this whole thing. Anything that's worth doing and anything that is actually effective takes an investment of work, of labor, of mental work, and of time that you need to put into these things to make sure that they bear fruit, without a doubt. In no way, shape, or form, you know, look, we're all over here. It's a nice Thursday afternoon. We're all talking and everything. We have all these great ideas. But the bottom line of it is that all of them take work. And the people that are listening, the people that are on the floor, you know, the guys like Nick and like, you know, and like Alexandra and like Duck, you know, who are, you know, and Patrick, who are, I'm the only guy who's not in this, who's, I just realized I'm the only guy who's not on the sales floor all day of all the rest of the day. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of work for all of this to be done. And do not be afraid of it. And don't let the fact that you don't have a certain process or you don't have a certain uh, people in place right now stop you from doing these things. Solve the problem and get the people. Solve the problem and think out the process solve the problem and actually how about you actually like build the process you know i can see a lot of people right now saying oh we don't got no time to be pulling up no cars for appointments well you know what okay don't then don't pull the cars up and continue to close at the crummy rate that you close right but and then at the same but at the same time if you want to grow it's going to take work hire a kid to pull up the car hire a kid to run the car through the car wash you know what i mean do whatever it is that you got to do to get that, you know, to get that appointment who's already coming in, who already has a certain amount of trust in place and also has certain expectations of what they expect when they walk into the door, you know, when they walk in through that door, make sure that all those expectations are met. You're the only one who has to, to win and you're the only one who's going to lose. So just make sure you win. No, you're right. Well, thank you. Thanks. Appreciate Frank. it, brother. Appreciate that, thank man. you, Frank. Thank you so much. Love you, brother. Love you guys. Love you, man. Hey, Ryan, let's uh, weigh in on this with your closing remarks, please. Yeah, so uh, basically all I've got left is if, if, if you're a dealer, if you're an owner, principal, um, if you're employing the Internet department in your store, 
just make sure you got qualified people, people that are passionate, people that you can, that you can choose, that you will trust um, to have that department and, and own it and empower them um, to where they can do what they need to do to get paid. Give them a good pay plan yeah. and, and then let them go after it. And when you give them the power to, they can do one thing to add. Earlier, Frank and, and Patrick talked about that, that way to have the, the salesperson reach out to the uh, customer. It's, it's a super good idea, but I think Atlanta has got is, is 60% of the salespeople in, in Atlanta is probably the reason why we have the reputation uh, that Frank describes us as auto salespeople. I mean, the Atlanta salespeople are whack, some of them, a lot of them, and I'm sorry to say it, but it is what it is. One thing I do that you can add, you do the salesperson confirmation, and turnover before they come in, or what I do is, after my internet agent sets that appointment, I quickly, I respond, I'll send them just a text, and all I do is tell that lead, I say, hey, I, I just talked to Donna, she said that she was speaking with you earlier about so-and-so, and she said you were coming in tomorrow. She is so excited to meet you. Look, I'm one of the internet managers, or I'm one of the sales managers here. If you should have any other questions and Donna's not available or doesn't respond, you have my number here as well. And they normally say, well, I'm excited to come out and meet Donna, too. I, I, I'm scared. I, if it ain't broke, don't fix don't it. Fix so it. sometimes the salespeople, it's a great idea, and it works with the right salespeople. If you don't have the right salespeople, if you're an Internet manager listening, confirm your appointments. Don't be scared. You have time. Make time. I hope all the sales trainers that are listening and that are watching are taking notes on all the good word tracks that are being oh, yeah. shared today. Come on, man. Yeah. That's right. That's Ryan, right. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, Ryan. Patrick, let's wrap it up. Thank you all for having me, and it was a pleasure seeing you guys this past week. Hey, you like you guys, too, thank you so much, Ryan. You know, everybody, Ryan pretty much touched on exactly where I wanted to go. You know, one of the things I think that, it is a big failure in a lot of stores, and again, not every store, but in a lot of stores. And it goes back to multiple things that I've heard on the show before. Is we do not empower the people that we put in the positions to lead our teams to do what they need to do to make sure that we're hanging paper and we're selling cars. Okay? Start and allow these people. I challenge every general manager, every dealer principal, every general sales manager. If you have somebody in your Internet department who you feel could possibly take on this task, start showing them. Let them sit in the finance office. Let them learn. Let them learn at the desk. Let them learn how to submit car deals. Let them learn how to do an appraisal. For God's sake, that old car dog that's doing the appraisals now doesn't have to be the only one doing it. Allow that internet manager, allow that person to actually take a deal from start to finish. And if they're not able to do it right then and there, then jump in and do it. But the more people, the more hands on deck, the more people we have that have all the knowledge and all the skills to take a deal from start to finish, the better we're going to do as a dealership as a whole, the better our customers are going to be served, the more money our salespeople are going to make, the less our salespeople are going to want to move and find another dealership to go work at because we, they know for a fact that every single manager in that building, every single person on that leadership team is going to be able to help them if another one isn't available. So, That's guys, I, I just challenge even if 1% of the dealers out there that hear that, if they take it and they, they, move, they march with it all the way to the top, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, their numbers will improve. I can promise you that. Amen. So, Thank guys, you. Awesome. I really appreciate all of you guys always for letting me come on. Uh, I, I get real passionate about uh, the, the fact that we, we still have a long way to go, but I do feel that we've come a long way from, you know, when I started 21 years ago. 
Yes, we have, and yes, we do. And Pat, man, it's our pleasure to have you on. And uh, Nick, Frank, Ryan, Pat, uh, we appreciate you guys. Love you very much, man. And uh, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been a great, great topic, man. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. You know, I want to add one thing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I want to add one thing that Patrick uh, was talking about there at the end, and that's allow someone to fail, too. Mm -hmm. It's okay to fail every once in a while, especially in the learning process. I mean, in you know, if you do it too many times, that's one thing. But to, to allow somebody to fail without, you know, absolutely, you know, decapitating them in the middle of the showroom right. um, sometimes goes a long way because uh, I, I think we've all made mistakes, especially in the car business. And at the end of the day, if it was a big mistake, you learned from it. You made sure you never made that same mistake again. And some of the best lessons I ever learned were mistakes. So. Yeah, absolutely. Before we give away, so let's just read a couple of comments. There's been so many good comments. I just think, yep. you know, and we don't have time to comment on them, all the comments, but we can read a couple of, of ones here. And I, how about we each read one that, that kind of stands out? I'm going to read Anthony New, uh, Anthony New Glover. Don't focus on what you think you can't do. Focus on what you can do. Make the adjustments you need to make in order to improve. If you do, if you do not like your current numbers or percentages, do something about it. Don't be stagnant. And I and I, I like that because um, I was reading that comment, and it's really is basics. But I, I'm a big, big, big proponent of basics. I think that we leave the basics, and that's when we get in trouble. And so I like that, and uh, um, just a great reminder. So thank you, Anthony, for that comment. And uh, Cribs, what comments? Any comments stand out to you? Well, we got uh, Julie Marie Lopes. Um, I don't know if that's any relation to Frank. Yeah, it's Frank's daughter. Oh, it is? Frank's and actually, daughter? Actually, uh, Nick that was on is going to be Frank's son-in-law. Oh, come on He's, now. Yeah, they're not, they're not married yet, but they're engaged in that. So he and Julie wow. Marie Lopes. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm out of touch with my boy Frank's. Uh, okay. So uh, Julie, <laughs> Julie Marie Lopes, I like working BDC because it allows me to sell without selling on the sales floor. And I think that's I think it's important to point out the you know that it allows that she mentioned allows her to sell without selling on the sales floor. Um, that means that everyone on the phone is a salesperson, right? Mm -hmm. So that just kind of re re uh, iterates reiterates that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> There's a lot of words I could have like, a lot of words. Yeah, a lot of words. <laughs> I didn't know what he was going to like. Yeah, re yeah. You know what I think would be a great show, though, Dave, next, maybe even next week is is um, what it takes to be qualified for Internet Sales Manager. Because we, we just heard several times today about putting someone in, a, in that position, maybe because they were a good rep, maybe because they were good at setting appointments. Um, but, you know, how can we empower an Internet Sales Manager to work a deal if they're not at a level of being qualified to do so. So hey, that's, that's another thing. Are you thinking you have to go, Joe? <laughs> yeah, no. I got, I'm going to have to jump out. Soon, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You, Let we, me just say this real quick to that. I think it's important, too, because just because you're good sales mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're going to be a good manager. Just because mm. you're a good BDC rep yeah, doesn't mean yeah, yeah. you're a good internet manager. Come on now. There's more to managing than just working deals and working numbers. You have people involved now. That's right. You brother. also have a team underneath you, and I, and I believe that's one of the things that, that we focus on all the time when I'm talking to my stores that we that we train is getting in there and digging into crms and and working one-on-one -on -one with the bdrs with the bdc reps mm -hmm. seeing what they're doing helping showing them i said and i said this at the conference you manage on your feet not just from your seat in other words you're showing you're walking Come on, you're, you're doing it you're doing it you're not just say right. call that customer Send yeah. that you know that email out you're not so you're showing them i think there's a lot more to management than just Amen. good you know a title <clears throat> well, let's give away some stuff. What do you say, Chris? What do you yeah, say, let's guys? do it. 
All right, so we got a lot of stuff to give away. So, so we'll give them away first. Well, let's do it in order of monetary. I know I got to say that because Cribs would say something like, well, you don't think there's like more value in the book? You know? Yes. <laughs> well, you got so, $1 content and a $37 book. So what I'll do is we'll start with actual the monetary value of purchasing a book. So this book, this book is this book we were selling on Amazon. I think we're 25 bucks when it first came out. So we'll go with that number and it's leader be lunch. We'll give this book away first. This book we're selling for more because it was a mistake in it. If you weren't this, around the beginning of the show, this book, it, MSRP it, is it, it, it costs so much. So we don't really sell them. So you're getting a, you're getting a, you're getting a rare, like one off, you know what I'm saying? Like there's only a few of these. There literally yeah. will be somebody, nobody will have these. Yeah. That's a cool book. All right. So we're giving away this first. What do you guys say? Lead, lead or lead be or lunch. lunch. Do it. The power of earning influence. Chris, do you think you can reach the guys over there for a drawing? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try. The yeah. last time you threw it on the it's floor. It's our job to catch it, Joe, by the way. <laughs> I, I can't catch it. Every time you throw it, I drop it. All right. So here we go. The winner. Throw it to Chris. Who am I throwing We're going to give away. We're going to give away, by the way, five gifts today. Three, two, oh, oh. right, right in his freaking hands. And well, <laughs> it was also a one-handed catch. So had I made it, it would have been Joe, on the highlight here. reel. Hold on, hold on, Cribs. Oh, all right, Joe. So Whoa. we're giving away a really good catch. Leader B lunch first. We're going to give away five gifts, two books, then we're going to give away fifty dollars, fifty dollars, and then the grand prize will be a hundred bucks. So there we go. Let's give away Leader B lunch first. The oh, winner, yeah. Who Ricardo Gerard. Ricardo, all right, Gerard. Gerard. Boom. Getting weekly. Mail. <laughs> yes. So Ricardo wins that. So now we're going to give away this right here. Sales pros get paid. Limited edition. <laughs> Limited edition and heavy. And amateurs don't. It's an odd-sized book. <laughs> you know, it's just really an odd-sized book. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to throw this to Joe really quick. Hey, somebody help me. Ready? Like a shot put. It's going to be an odd-sized yeah, catch. The book first. The book first. Hold on. An odd-sized catch. <laughs> Oh, oh, got it. Yes. There you go, man. Hands, Joe. All right. You like that shot put? Here comes your shot put. All right, let's see if I can. Oh. Boom. No, you can't. No. Sales pros like get paid. Amateurs don't. That book's so big, it's going to host the show next week. <laughs> 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 that book's like, move over, Joe. The winner of the limited edition book is John Gillis. John Gillis, another. Man, we got a big bowl of names here, and John Gillis racked it up, baby. Are we keeping track of who's what? I better write it down. On I think I think you need, uh, need to send somebody. Just put the little slip inside the books. Eventually, going to have to uh, send someone a ten ninety nine. Hey, this this is fifty dollars. This this is fifty dollars. We're giving away fifty. Fifty dollars. Make you holler. This is fifty dollars. We're giving away two more gifts, another fifty and another hundred. But this is fifty bucks. Ready? First fifty dollar winner, Chris. Boom, and he dropped it on the floor. We don't know who will win. We don't know who Okay, won. that person doesn't win then. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Hold on. Let's see. Here we got. All right. Lou's going to hand him the – show him the camera, Lou. Show the camera. You hand, oh, you didn't do it. All right, so we got first $50 winner is – $50. You know, we cash. could be really mean. If we threw it and he dropped it, then that person lost. <laughs> that would be really mean. Cash goes to Chris Rail. Chris Nice. Ra That's Chris two weeks Rail. in a row, bro. That, he won last week. Yeah. Look at Chris. Definitely Come on, baby. And there's, a, and there's a freaking bowl of people here, man. What? Don't don't give you talk? Shut up. <laughs> he doesn't know what the names are, Lou. They're closed. I'm digging down to the bottom Louis, and then I'm mixing. You do it know up. it's Shut luck. Up. You do know it's luck no matter what, right? I mean, it, it, go really. over there. Continue Hold messing on. up the show. Over Hold, on. <laughs> Hold on. Fifty dollars. Fifty bucks. Are you guys cash. hanging in? Hanging in with us? Fifty dollars. Boom! The winner is fifty bucks. The winner is give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. I'm going to pull the 100 out of here, Chris. All right, you go ahead. Tiffany Simonson. All right. Come on. Oh, now. That's what I'm talking about. Tiffany Simonson wins $50. All right, guys. Back over here, Lou. 
Here we go. I'm stirring the pot. Stirring. I'm a pot stirrer. You guys know I like to stir a pot. <laughs> Literally. I mean, like, pot stirrer. Like, I mean, that is a, all right, here we go. Ready? A pot stirrer. Here we go. Here we go. All right. $100 right here in my hand. This is a hundred. One hundred dollars right here. hundred dollars. You ready, Chris? Cribs? All right, here we go. Here we go. Boom, right, a shot right. Right, right in his hands. Wow. Nice. That's, That's how you do it, Chris. That's how you do it, Chris. Shut up, Luke. Wow. And the $100 winner is grand prize winner. Hey, push your buttons over there and shut up. <laughs> Jose Louis Dab Dub. Come on. Oh, he's a winner, too, man. He is lucky. Dude, if he were a congratulations. He, like, By the way, just for the record, Lou didn't want name? any of you people to win, apparently. He had a pr issues with everybody who won money. So just want to let you know, send your hate mail to Lou. At, hey, uh, Dabdub Dab -Dab wins too, man. He, he's lucky. Like, if he were a piece of bread that's buttered, he'd land on the, the non-buttered side. If he were a cat, he'd land on his feet. <laughs> but what happens if you, if, you, if you attached a piece of butter bread, butter up, to the back of a cat? And dropped it. <laughs> I, hey, Dave. Uh, Dave bowl, like, is who, there something else in here Dave, you smoked? Or no, I'm just wondering, man. That's Dave, like, I don't know, but I will find out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, what would happen? Like, if you, you drop bread on... They say if you drop buttered bread, it lands buttered side up. I'm telling you, you right cat, now. It lands on that, the seat. My daughter, what happens if you attach a piece of bread to the top of the cat and throw it in the air? That's a million hit YouTube video right my there. My daughter and I and, will find out and tonight. And you'll get arrested probably for animal cruelty. But, <laughs> yeah. Pina, if you're listening, we're or, just joking. Or you get arrested for wasting food. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, what a great show, guys. Thank you so much to our guests, man. Nick uh, Sarami, uh, Frank J. Lopes, Ryan Duck Dunstan, Patrick O'Brien. I want to thank uh, Alex uh, Rodriguez. She's the Internet Sales Director at Headquarter Honda as well. She was there feeding Nick's lip and uh, making sure he doesn't take her job. And, uh, hey, all the winners, man, we just uh, absolutely love you guys, appreciate you for listening. And I promise you, these are the names in the bowl. And, uh, you know, so keep sharing. <laughs> keep sharing. Keep sharing. All right. See you. See you.